Welcome to Behind the Menu. In this episode, I interview Brooke, the owner of the Rosemary Bakery in McKinney, Texas. When I first started making a list of people I wanted to interview for this podcast, Brooke was one of the very first people I wrote down. While I've never met her in person, she's probably the first person in this social media world that I feel like I'm actually having an authentic conversation with. She's been so open to a lot of questions I've had about recipes that sometimes other people get weird or protective of the information that they've learned, while Brooke openly and happily shared with me. After our interview was over, we actually ended up talking on the phone on an even more personal level about some difficulties I had been having, and she not only helped me get to a point of personal success with a recipe, but the conversation was so relational. I hope to one day get to meet Brooke in person, and I hope that we get to share a meal together, and I hope I get to try some of her pastries. I'm excited for Brooke and her business and her upcoming travels, and I'm excited for you guys to get to listen to our interview. I will say that my Wi-Fi kept cutting out, and so some of it may be a little bit choppy, so I do apologize, but the content is still all there, and the conversation is wonderful. So here you go. So um, one of the things that I have come to just really like about following you is not only your food first, but your photography is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And but you are super poetic. And I really appreciate reading all of your posts and all of poetry, whether it's from you or from somebody else. Um, Do you think that there's like a correlation between um, being poetic, food, baking in general? Um, I guess it comes from just like the passion of it all. You know, I definitely, I've always been pretty artsy and uh, I really originally wanted to be an English professor. And so I think um, like the creativity and love for that also kind of translates into food, if that makes any sense. Um I kind of have a love affair, I think, with flour, and yeah, I think that there's a correlation between it all. I think that I also do a lot of pottery, so that's also pretty artsy. (laughs) Do you sell any of it? Uh, No, I just mainly keep it for myself or give it as gifts, so sometimes I'll I'll make a piece and then I put baked goods in it and give it to someone. (laughs) I'm sure it's just like another, also just a creative outlet to you. Um, so how did you get from, how did you get to where you are now? Cause you sell, you're the Rosemary Bakery and you sell at your local farmer's market. Yeah. And it, is it just you or do you have like, people that work for, for you? No, it's, it's just me. Um, but my family comes and helps every so often, which is just incredible. I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't be where I am today without them coming alongside and just really encouraging me vocally and you know being present physically to help me sling some pastries and yes (laughs) they're my number one encouragers so it takes so much work and effort and I'm incredibly lucky uh to have had such wonderful um I guess friends as well and and family so yeah it's not it's not just me I mean I bake everything by myself and I put it all together but but there's people behind the scenes as well yeah. Um, so how did you get into this career path and this passion for flour? 
<laughs> um, well, so like I said, originally I wanted to be an English professor and I had been looking into more classes about that, you know, and just doing college stuff in general. And my parents actually kind of came to me and they were like, you know, you should look into, you know, maybe doing culinary school and uh, have a look at that because that, that could be something really cool. Like you loved baking growing up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you guys are right. Um, maybe I should have a look. So I went and toured a couple different culinary schools and the price was just outrageous. And I was like, you know, I think I could probably just get a job and work my way up, which is pretty much what I did. I, uh, I hopped in at a small cafe and I made biscuits every day. Uh, for hours on end <laughs> and uh, eventually left there and then uh, became a kitchen manager and then a pastry chef and then I was like you know I think it's time to do my own thing so I uh, I think probably just yeah jumping in and because I grew up making uh, cookies and stuff you know with my family and my mom and my grandma they're a huge inspiration to me but it kind of turned into this whole other thing uh, that I didn't know it could be. So so how long have you been in operation? Uh, so I started the Rosemary Bakery in 2014. I got a DBA for it. Um, I came up with the business idea in like 2012, 2013. Uh, and then I just kind of started running with it. I started my first market. Um, at the beginning of 2016, and it's just kind of built up, and uh, this year's a very visible growth year. It's kind of wild to have been, I guess, in the fires of it, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> and, awesome. And, like, working for the past, you know, four or five years with it, and then now to really see it just blossoming is, is pretty cool. That is cool, and congratulations. That, yeah, I mean, thank it- you. It's definitely hard working for a small business, but at the same time, like owning the small business and then solely kind of just being yourself, that is awesome that you are like kind of seeing that. So what did it look like? What are like some major things that you learned from starting your business way back when until now? And like, how has your menu changed or has it changed at all? Oh, it has changed drastically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think when I first got into it, I had no idea um, exactly what went into owning my own business. I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I'm just going to start a business and kind of run with it. And it's, you know, it's so much more, um, than what, like, I guess what seems to be cool, I guess, if that makes any, yeah. <laughs> any sense. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll start my own. And then kind of, you know, I had to start thinking about all the money that I had to invest into it all my time. You know, I couldn't go out on the weekends anymore. Like I, I couldn't go out with friends during the week. It was kind of like, you know, I had to fully dedicate myself to this little like baby uh, of a business. And um, I think it's been, it's been a little rough, you know, I've definitely had my challenges with it. Um, I started out doing like cookies and cakes and, and a lot of pies and things like that, um, which they sold really, really well. And the first year that I did the markets, I changed the menu every single weekend. So nothing was ever the same. Like I never had the same pastry twice, um, which was kind of intense. I think it was a bit of a challenge to myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and uh, I'm glad I don't do that anymore. <laughs> that was going to be my next question, yeah. Yeah, so no. So do you, no. you have, like, staples, or you just change it, like, whenever the season kind of changes, or how often do you change your menu? Yeah, so I change it seasonally, but I definitely do have the staples. Like, I have a morning bun that has cinnamon, cardamom, and thyme in it um, that I keep year-round, and, you know, like an almond croissant, things like that. Some of the classics I'll keep. Uh, but I change the fillings by by season for sure, and um, I'm really glad. Yeah, I just kind of crossed over from doing, I guess, cutesy little pastries uh, at the time to doing more of what I really wanted to do, and that's kind of where the desire to travel and study sourdough came into play. So, oh, do you do a lot of sour, like a lot of sourdough in your pastries? Like, you don't make just bread, or do you add sourdough to a lot of your other pastries? Um, I do some sourdough and other things like croissants or like sourdough chocolate chip cookies are delicious. Um, but usually I just keep it for the for the bread. But I mean, personally, I make pancakes all the time, sourdough pancakes. And Yes, yeah. same. <laughs> um, so are those like you said, those are like your focus menu items currently um, are the like morning buns and the croissants and the sourdough bread. Would you say that those are like your most popular items that you personally sell? Uh, yeah, those are probably the popular things. Uh, the Cruffin is always a pretty big hit. You know, those all have the same croissant base. So it's pretty, it's a lot easier for me to make, you know, I mean, you're a baker, you know, if you make one pastry and then have different fillings, it's a lot easier than making like a ton of different bases for something. So yes, <laughs> definitely know that. Um, yeah. So going back, I probably should have asked this question. So you said you're in Fort Worth. Um, where is the farmer's market located and what's the farmer's market called? Okay, uh, I'm actually in McKinney. So it's a small like suburb suburb outside of Dallas. I'm from Fort Worth, uh, but okay. I sell pastries at the McKinney Farmer's Market. And it's just in downtown McKinney uh, every Saturday from 8 a.m. until 12 p.m. And what, I've never been there, so what is that town like? McKinney? Yes. It's like, it's a cute, I don't know. I think when I think about McKinney, I think of like the cute kind of, uh, not, it's not so much a college town, but it's still really hip. I guess you kind of have more of like, you know, your late 20s, early 30s, kind of like people that are just starting families that like want to go to a really cool coffee shop or, you know, maybe hit the antique shops on the weekend. Uh, it's a, it's definitely, I would say it's a destination town in a way, but hmm. it's really, it's darling. There's a lot of um, shops that have kind of a European influence. Uh, it's definitely a farm to table community. So a lot of the restaurants here support uh, local farmers. There's a huge drive for that, which I love. Um, I get to work with a lot of the farmers at the market, so I feel incredibly lucky. And, uh... That's awesome. Um, so what is, so it's just you, what does a week normally look like for you? Very intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this, the past year I've gotten really good about taking taking time for myself. I think when I first started the business, I was just, you know, every single day of the week, just kind of pouring time into it. And it was really exhausting. So usually I would say Sundays and Mondays, I kind of take for myself. 
And then Tuesdays when I start gathering up ingredients, I meet with different farmers, hit different markets, um, go around town and kind of gather stuff together. Wednesday is a little bit more of that. And that's usually when I start making my butter blocks uh, for croissant dough. And then Thursday is a lamination day. Friday is a lamination day. I bake some of the things on Friday. Um, but usually it's at midnight on Friday that I get up and I start baking all the pastries. Um, it's really important to me that everything is fresh. So I'll, uh, I'll bake around midnight, sometimes, you know, 10 on Friday and uh, into the morning Saturday until about maybe 7.30, 7.45. So, and then we go to the market, set up, sell at the market, break down, come back and, uh, and then pass out. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say probably right after the market, like once you get home, you're kind of probably like, I'm don't talk to me for like an hour. That's how I would be. (laughs) Oh yeah. You're a very busy person. Yeah, we pretty much, like, uh, I'll come back and eat and then pass out until Sunday. So <laughs> it's kind of the market lifestyle. I've met a lot of other, uh, like, vendors that kind of do the same thing, that they're totally dead after a farmer's market. So. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I that's, like, one of the reasons, like, why I wanted to start this podcast is that so people can come and purchase your items from eight to 12 at the farmer's market but what some people don't realize is that you get started on Tuesday so it's basically like a whole entire week that is to make those and they're so beautiful and I know that they're probably absolutely delicious I've never tried them but I've been following you for a little while and I know I've like sent you some messages too I'm like hey can you help me figure this out so I guess one of my questions too would be like what would you say to somebody that is kind of wanting to go the same direction or same path that you are on currently and I guess if you can also because you said that you started a few years ago but then at the same time like this is the year that you're kind of seeing growth so I know sometimes people can get a little bit discouraged I know I'm asking two questions in one but I guess what would you tell someone that wants to go in the same path that you are um I think I would probably just tell somebody you know that if you're going to do something like this, you know, you have to be, you have to be passionate about it and you have to, um, have the desire to kind of like plant the seed and watch it, watch it grow. Um, you know, as it is with most things, you know, especially in nature, you know, it takes time. Um, I think if somebody's going to really get into this, you know, they have to have a love, uh, for pastry or for bread, um, or, you know, whatever their business is, and they just have to be willing to dedicate themselves fully to it. And um, I don't know, I, f- I feel like it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's hard. Um, yeah. I definitely, <laughs> you know, I've, I will always remember the first, you know, year kind of doing the markets. And sometimes I'd come home with, you know, uh, more pastry than I wanted because um, I didn't sell out and I would cry or, you know, I'd be in the middle of a bake and I would just be so stressed out and I wouldn't know how to handle things. Um, but, you know, you learn, you learn from kind of walking through it all and you gain strength in areas that you didn't really know that you would. And uh, you kind of become a little bit more level altogether and, I don't, I would, I would tell somebody to go for it. I mean, (laughs) 
I'm, I'm, you know, here and I've, I've experienced it and I know how difficult it is. And uh, if somebody wanted to get into it, I would, I would be all for it and uh, probably tell them that I'm around, you know, cause it's nice to have a mentor or somebody to talk to. So. Yes, it is. So yeah. actually, I'm glad that you said that. Cause that was going to be like my next question. So as a person who didn't go to um, pastry school but then you kind of worked your way up through different cafes and becoming like a head pastry chef somewhere is there someone like within your um your town or is there someone in a different town that you kind of like um, just going to ask questions or kind of to the point where you've like mastered your like the things on your menu that you don't have questions anymore on those items um I would I definitely have people that are my mentors uh, specifically Adam uh you know, I'm sure that you follow him, Season Adam, on Instagram. He's incredible. Oh, yes. Um, he's been kind of like my long-distance mentor for a really long time, and I actually got to hang with him um, in Whitstable earlier this year, and I met his wife and his family, and they're all just such good people. Uh, but for me, it's it's not really anybody here locally, but it's, you know, everyone that I've been able to get flowered with overseas, so... I have friends, you know, in Germany and in France and England. Um, hopefully, you know, I've, on Instagram, I know people all over sta- the States and just all over the world. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of cool to be able to reach out to different bakers and just get ideas or, you know, I guess my mentors, people that I view as a mentor, and uh, be able to work alongside them and kind of slowly improve and test out different ways to do things different techniques and so it's it's definitely people all over (laughs) (laughs) yes um is there any um pastry that you haven't mastered yet that you would like to master I mean I don't know if I would say master a pastry uh, for me I think there there are things that I would like to learn um I don't know I don't know if I would ever, if I'm ever really going to master something, because I think there's always room to kind of improve and, and test different things out. Um, even with, you know, my croissants right now, I I just started testing out uh, buckwheat croissants and some rye croissants with a higher percentage of, of those flowers in them to kind of see how that would be and just test it out. Um, but even with my regular croissants, you know, there's always just room uh, to improve, especially with hand laminating it and making sourdough bread by hand. You know, it's never, although you can have a consistent product, it's not always going to be the exact same. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I think I'm pretty good right now. I feel pretty content with uh, doing bread and just croissants. <laughs> so that takes, it just takes so much time to do those things. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, personally, like on a personal level, not so much a business level, I really want to get into making uh, vegan ice creams. <laughs> but, like, yeah. That's not, yeah, I don't They're know. They're hard. So I'm actually, well, I'm lactose intolerant, so it's just, and I don't really eat meat. Um, I eat fish every so often, so it's kind of funny to own a bakery. But yeah, so vegan ice creams, you know, if anybody out there has some some tips for that yeah so what do you like about vegan ice creams because one of the things that I 
find so upsetting whenever, and maybe you're not the same, but whenever I get a vegan ice cream, all I taste is coconut. And all I want to not taste is coconut unless it's like labeled as the flavor coconut. So what do you like about, like, what is the perfect like vegan ice cream to you? Uh, there's one that's like a cashew cinnamon <laughs> that uh, I buy yeah. from the grocery store. And I don't know, so I mean, good. Yeah, it's just delicious. Kind of like, yeah. I don't know, since I Cashew's can't have regular like... ice cream, you know, it's like a nice treat for me. <laughs> but I, I yeah, also so... have a fan of coconut. Like, I could just eat a bunch of toasted coconut by the spoonful. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> If anybody is listening right now, they should probably buy you vegan ice cream. So if they're not going to yeah, buy you like should. an ice cream maker, then they should definitely buy you an ice cream that is a vegan one. And you heard cashew cinnamon is delicious. Yes, and I yeah. honestly agree. Um, okay, so one of my other questions is that um, I've seen you do, and you've already mentioned this, is that you do a lot of traveling to other countries and so you, you listed um, a few places there is there any place in specific that you just have like a deep connection to that you I don't know it seems like you've gone there sometimes to like take like different baking classes is that I, I'll let you kind of explain what you've done that's been exciting <laughs> um, yeah so basically it's kind of been like a work trade um, so I've traded work for stay uh, which makes it super affordable um, to be honest. So uh, anytime anybody is like, oh, you know, how do you do this? It's like, well, you know, I, I'm not <laughs> getting paid for it, but they're letting me stay at their house and they feed me, um, which is awesome. But uh, I, I don't know. I feel like every place that I've kind of traveled to, I've had the incredible opportunity to just meet um, other passionate bakers and other people that are just so talented Um and they kind of make make the area that I stay in, if that, um, if you can understand that in a way. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like, I think all the places I've been able to stay at, they, it just feels like going home. Um, mm -hmm. I was in a town called Stickelsburg that's in uh, northern Bavaria um, in Germany. And I just fell in love with the family. Um, they're baker I wear and they are just some of the most talented bakers I've ever made I got to sling uh, rye bread with them all all evening and night and it was uh, it was just beautiful and uh, they influenced me greatly um, there's a boulangerie that's in Normandy um, that I fell in love with to begin with that was the first place I went and uh, I got to revisit them um, and I think you know, that's that's very special to me, that little farm, because I connected with people that inspired me with baking, but I also connected, you know, with those people on a very personal level um, mm -hmm. where they inspired me just in my everyday life. And it was it was kind of like this cool, you know, getting getting to meet people that you really uh, just connect with and that believe some of the same things that you believe or they hold the same philosophies and so uh that really opened my eyes to to traveling and to realizing that there's just so much more out there and um you know that if you have the opportunity to travel to take it <laughs> yeah and I think I think a lot of people have more 
opportunity than what they think that they do because you you can travel super cheap. Um, you know, you can get round trip plane tickets, you know, overseas if you want to go, you know, to Europe, for example, for like $300, $400 um, if you buy them at the right time. And, you know, it's, <laughs> I think uh, there's there's a lot of places that hold hold like have have my heart, so it's kind of yeah. hard to just pick one. Um, but it's definitely it's not just the place, but the people. I think so. Yeah, a really wonderful thing is that whenever like there's no other like I don't know of a place that like another country that doesn't share a meal together that isn't personal. And that people within this industry, if they aren't burnt out already or they're burnt out currently, that they know that there is such a special like memory to certain items. And so how you said that you're swinging rye bread in the middle of the night in this another country with this family is that if you ever go to a restaurant and they offer like they ask you what kind of bread you want, you say rye or you're currently making rye, you just have this like sweet memory in the back of your mind of that moment in time in your life and in their life. And I don't know, it's just, it's very sweet, special. And so I'm sure that you, you can, you know that already. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Just thinking about Um, it brings back so many memories, but um, that's a big part of my business too, though, is that, you know, the idea of, um, you know, me making a pastry and having a story attached to it and having this kind of uh, beautiful memory for me, Um, And then being able to pass that off to somebody else and, you know, tell them about it. And then they get to kind of have their own memory as they take it home and they eat it, you know, whether that's sharing it with, you know, their child or um, taking it home and just kind of like sitting, you know, outside maybe and having a pastry on a cool morning with a cup of coffee or, you know, sharing it with friends or, you know, family or whatever it is. Um, I think that, you know, again, going back to like the romance of food, I think, you know, there's there's this really beautiful uh, romance about it all. So uh, yeah, and love that surrounds it. So <laughs> yeah, and I guess I didn't even think like, as a person who's like developed a menu or developed menus at certain other places, like, in my mind, I'm like connecting all of my own memories to these like creations that I have, like, I didn't even like, make the connection to like, I'm also probably like, a point in a story of somebody else like a memory that they created and so that's another like mind-blowing thing to me that you (laughs) just said so I'm glad that you're making like the realm of food like just go on and on and it's just so wonderful too that you like talk about like that you share your experiences with your guests that come to you at the farmer's market because and that was one going to be one of my questions is that how do you come up with different flavors um, for your menu? And so it sounds like from your travels exactly is where it comes from. And nature and seasons is what you use. So what's currently some of the items that are on your menu? Um, well, right now I have some pastries with, you know, like elderberry and just different things that I'm kind of foraging for outside. Um, which is a lot of fun. And then we're starting to kind of get more into, you know, like the plums and pears are beginning to come in and figs right now are pretty, pretty big and delicious. And, uh, you know, it's kind of that weird time of the crossover of the remnants of summer (laughs) and kind of getting into, you know, the autumnal uh, pastries. So it's a I also blend in a lot of different florals too. So I'll use, you know, rose or rose hips as they come in. And 
Do you think that you have a favorite season to work with? Uh, you know, I really, I don't know. There's something special, I think, to me about, it's not, it's not really going to make sense for, um, for Texas because blackberries like aren't really a thing. But uh, Mm -hmm. when I went to France, uh, one year and it was September time, like late, kind of late August, early September and it was, you know, kind of autumn, and in Texas, we don't really have autumn, you know, it's just really freaking hot or cold, Yeah. there's no in between, Uh, so I think kind of having the memory of going around and going brambling and picking blackberries um, as they were fading, and elderberries and things like that was really cool, I would, I would probably say autumn is my favorite time of year and favorite pastry flavors, because you've got, like, the things like maple and you know, pumpkins coming in and you can use all those like awesome butternut squashes and things like that. (laughs) I know. I love like, I love ingredients that you can switch between sweet and savory just so easily. And I feel like butternut squash is definitely like one of those. And I also agree with you. Autumn is definitely my favorite season to work with. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I would say also probably, you know, early spring as well, just because there's so much that you can go outside and and go foraging for um, that it's just a lot of fun. I think it's kind of like the beginning of things, you know, before it gets too hot. (laughs) So I think as it gets into summer, summer is probably not my favorite, favorite time of year. (laughs) I know I do. I love like, I feel like that's all like when citrus is and I do love like, I love like a key lime pie or something like lemon curd. Like I love lemon curd, but at the same time, I'm like, there's only so much citrus I can do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you feel that way about the summer, if that's like this, those are the ingredients that you're talking about. But for me personally, it's like citrus. Can we please just, you only should be like summer. That's your place. Only summer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've been doing lemon curd you know, for the past, like, month, and I'm, I'm pretty tired of it, so, <laughs> past two months, maybe, and I'm like, okay, can we move Enough on? <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 um, cool, so you are getting ready to do, or you're planning to do something really cool in another country, you're doing that, a workshop, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, so I'm actually going to have a three-day weekend of pastry classes in Versailles with my friend Molly, so um, her name's Molly Wilk. She's on Instagram. And I'll be sharing, uh, you know, prices and everything as we kind of get closer to that. Uh, but it'll be a weekend in February. So we're thinking uh, February 7th, 8th, and 9th. <laughs> and what's the focus, like, of the little retreat thing? Is that what, uh, what did you say it was, a retreat or a workshop? <clears throat> yeah, it'll be a three-day I guess you can call it a retreat or a workshop, a three-day, you know, weekend, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to cover French macarons. There's going to be hand-laminating croissants, sourdough bread. And then we're also going to do some little French cakes as well. Um, And we'll be having a day where we go uh, in the morning to the farmer's market to gather ingredients for, like, our lunch that we'll eat, you know, sourdough bread and uh, probably kind of tour Versailles and uh, it'll be really easy for people that sign up for it to kind of go into Paris afterwards. Um, so I know this past year I got to spend Valentine's Day in Paris and it was incredible. So um, that's kind of a big push for it as well, I would think. <laughs> so. 
Um, so what sparked, I guess, what sparked this retreat or this weekend getaway? <laughs> uh, I would probably kind of how I do most things. I just reached out to my friend Molly and I was like, hey, we should teach some classes. I think I'm going to go to Italy for a while and, uh, you know, I can take a plane over and we can just kind of hang out and teach people pastries. <laughs> so, uh, I kind of have a habit of just, you know, randomly doing things like when I went to France it was kind of showing up at this you know farmer's market uh in Lisier and just kind of showing up and being like hey I'm here to make bread so like, let's make bread <laughs> you sound like the most extroverted introvert ever <laughs> yeah it's that INFJ thing you know like people <laughs> I love I love hanging with people and being sociable but then there kind of comes that moment and I'm sure you know this, where you're just maybe at a party and then you're kind of like, all right, look, I'm leaving. I'm going home. I'm like, that was enough. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Is there anything else that I didn't touch on that I should ask that you would like to share? Uh, no, no. I feel like, uh, you know, the, to people that, you know, when I get into doing something like this to so just jump in head first and kind of kind of take the ride get flowered stay free you know (laughs) cool all right at this point in the interview it ended so abruptly because we ended up talking on a more personal level of some recipes and struggles that I had been having and I don't think that you guys probably want to Lend to listen to me just complain about a frustration that I had or maybe you do maybe we'll make that another episode um but thank you so much to Brooke um thank you for everyone who listened to this interview um if you're at all interested in her three-day weekend of pastry classes and spending time with other like-minded people creating delicious treats in February in Versailles follow Brooke um nature nature's darlings and Molly who she's doing the classes with, Molly J. Wilk. Um, Molly will have it listed on her website. And there's also talks of another three day, three days of baking in Paris, which is, um, I'm told it's 30 minutes west on taking a train. Um, that'll be around Valentine's Day, so do make sure you're following Brooke and make sure you're following the Rosemary Bakery. Thanks so much for listening to Behind the Menu. It really means a lot to me that you'd get this far in the episode. If you know a baker or a pastry chef I should interview, do let me know. If you don't already follow me, you can follow me at Amanda Todd, which is U-H-M-A-N-D-A-T-O-D-D. Yes, Amanda Todd. (laughs) Thanks, guys.